Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. This week, the disappointment derby didn't disappoint. We're going to look at the tumultuous table. Newcastle knocks the champs and leads United States of America. I mean, that's pretty bad, that lead-in. The lead no, I, love it. I was about to, I was I about to compliment it. you on it, Nate. I, I was just about to say the same thing as Tim. I loved it. That was oh, perfect. Wow. Well, th- thanks. Don't second-guess yourself, Nate. Keep no, it I felt like it was, I was just... like, perfect. Because Leeds makes no sense to me. So you know how I kind of didn't hate Chelsea last week because yeah. I was impressed with their, uh, yeah. their showing against Tottenham? What the hell do I know? The title of this episode should be, like, This League Makes No Sense – Okay, Nate, you and I took Greek together, and one of the first things she like our professor taught us was like common words with Greek origins, you know. Yeah. And she was like, for example, any sophomores in the class? And a couple people raised their hand. She's like, you know what sophomore means, right? A wise fool, someone who thinks they've figured things out and they still don't know shit, but they don't know what they don't know. Like the amount of stuff that I don't know that I don't know seems to be growing by the day. Because I was so high on Chelsea after I hated them in week one. Grew, they grew on me in week two. And then uh, this weekend, I'm, I, I'm back to hating them. I don't think Chelsea can ever be my, my squad, my team. They, what, how do you, Leeds was supposed to come in, what, 14th, maybe, at highest? Yeah, they and, be, I mean, they barely escaped rele- relegation last year. So, yeah, they, I mean, 14 probably would be flattering. And they made Chelsea look silly. They did. They made Chelsea look so bad. I I, I don't understand this sport. Um, I I don't know anything. I, I that was my first. The, I I believe I called it on best bet. I believe I called that one a layup. Yep. And they got absolutely trounced. Let's just say I had a fifty dollar free bet, and I put it on Chelsea. Of course you did. Because it felt like the best one to bet bet on the best bet brought to you by FanDuel. Um, They're they're legitimately going to sponsor us because we're so bad at best bet, which we'll get to that. We would make them so much money. (laughs) We're going to wear them down. We're going to wear them down. We're going to wear them down because they're going to put their name on this website. Soccer neophyte brought to you by FanDuel. And then people are going to come in and just bet opposite of whatever we do. And they're going to make a fortune. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, you we'll get to some of this like table madness here in a in a bit, but let's start with your team focus this week, Andrew, was Liverpool. And boy did they not poop in the sheets. The yeah, they pooped the oh. sheets. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what? Um because I'm gonna try and not make this the Andy show. Um, I'm going to defer to Tim a lot because this is his team. And here's the thing. Liverpool, they what? They came in second last year, right? Yep. And even in their two draws prior to this, they still looked good. And then going up against Man United, the whole time I'm thinking, well, okay, this is where they get right. These are the big boys, right? These are the big boys. They're going (laughs) to cut in. They're going to beat United. Uh, it's going to be an easy one. It's going to be a fun match to watch. They're going to embarrass United again. We're going to have a good laugh at Chris 
uh, rest in peace. He's not dead. He's just not here. And um, uh, so I was really excited to watch this match. I had it on TV. It was it was a noontime start local. And uh, I was <clears throat> I was in a work meeting on a team's meeting watching it uh, on mute. And I kept having to turn off the camera on my computer because I kept making a face like the Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone <laughs> face like like what the hell is going on here? I again, this sport makes no sense to me or this league. Rather, I understand how the sport works, but I I honestly have no idea what happened this week. The only team that showed up this week was Arsenal. City didn't show up. Liverpool didn't show up. Chelsea didn't show up. Tottenham barely showed up to beat your Wolves. I, I, I was confused all weekend. The only joy I had was making fun of hair with my girlfriend, and we'll get to that later. But um, I, I, I don't, I don't understand this league. Is is everybody getting? Is everybody going to get back to normal soon? Is it? Are they going to straighten out? Are we going to? What? What week do we finally know who's good and who's <laughs> bad? Gosh, these are just these are the questions we'll be asking all season. These are literally <laughs> the questions we'll be asking all season. I'm so, so confused. We're about. It's been a confusing few weeks for sure. Yeah, I. Okay. Well, with Liverpool, was there anything? It is. Was there anything you saw from Liverpool that? appeal to you that you uh, not this week yeah <laughs> not this afternoon the last as a liverpool week, fan i agree with that there wasn't yeah. really anything to appreciate this week right the last two weeks i was like okay maybe they're working some stuff out you know no losses but you know they they still look like they knew what they were doing tim i'm gonna defer to you i know i'm the neophyte and i'm supposed to give my thoughts but i don't have any other thoughts other than what who what First of all, ugly kits, by the way. But um, yeah, those are bad ones. But yeah. I mean, like, I I didn't enjoy. Let me let me walk you through the the first two weeks, okay? Week one, I enjoyed watching Tottenham because uh, they they were really pushing. They were they were exciting, right? They looked like they knew what they were doing the whole time. Week two, when we were watching, but by the way, I watched Chelsea Everton in week one. That was the featured match, just to clarify, and that was interesting because you know it's week one. And, you know, um, we have expectations for Chelsea and we know Everton's going to suck. And that one's only a 1-0 match, even though Chelsea dominated. Week two, Chelsea looked like the much better squad against Tottenham. And Tottenham didn't press as much, but they still sort of look like the same team, right? Um, they were just playing a much better defensive team. Week three, Liverpool was playing United. And I was expecting them to crush their souls stomp on their throats <laughs> and they just they rolled over and died so i don't have any insight other than i'm so confused that's it that's that's my that's my reaction to liverpool um this week i uh, i maybe they would be a fun club to watch i know that's tim's team and i don't want to piggyback but i i don't have anything i'm gonna defer to tim Maybe I can learn something, but God, it was a terrible thing to watch if you're a Liverpool fan or, Absolutely. or someone who's trying to get possibly choose Liverpool as your squad. That's my response. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It was really, really, really awful performance. I mean, there have been like, was it two seasons ago, Nate? Liverpool had that terrible drought in the spring where it was just we were losing to really bad teams. 
Um, yeah, since Fulham. then there hasn't I think been a you, performance. That was, you lost, you lost to Fulham, right? I think so. Yeah. But it was like, it was, it was from right before the COVID lockdown started. Um, no, it was like, la- anyway, it was, I think it was last season in the spring. So it was a year after that, but, um, but it was like a three month stretch of just terrible, terrible football. But since then, I mean, obviously Liverpool rallied back to finish second. And um, this it's been a long time since I've seen a performance this bad. It was just, it was really bad. And United played really well, like, which we haven't ever seen in like two years, right? Maybe the last time I remember seeing United just working was the very beginning of last season. The first game or two, I remember Pogba had like four assists and Bruno was scoring and they looked like they had it figured out and then they just fell apart. So, um, I mean, yeah, United was the better team today by far. Everything was working. Old Trafford was, Old Trafford was supposed to be empty because they're protesting the Glazers, but it was loud. It was electric. And like every tackle, every corner, every throw in the crowd was just out of its mind. And Liverpool was flat footed in response to that. Like they just could not get it together. I mean, Van Dyke, one of the best players in the league, one of the best defenders in the world was flat footed on that first goal. And then you see Milner get up in his face and yell at him, which that was my favorite like, moment. That was my favorite like, moment. Of the whole match. Players. Like it's sometimes you see a veteran player kind of get in the face of a young punk and kind of like, Hey dude, like there are things more important than your looks. Like you've got to actually play. This was a case of like two veterans and, and just to see Milner lay into him was rattling because it's just Van Dyke is not somebody who ever gets yelled at because he's always doing his job. And, uh, but he deserved it. He was just not doing anything. He wasn't a pro, he wasn't charging the ball. He wasn't, he was just waiting flat footed and watched it go by. So um, yeah, Liverpool just didn't seem to have it together. United was working. They were, everything was working for them. Um, yeah. It could have been, it could have been a lot worse than a two, one defeat. Um, but then there are also those moments where Liverpool came really close. Like the, there was the almost own own goal yeah. that Bruno kicked yep. up at his guy hits him in the armpit. If that's a couple inches, one way it's a handball and a penalty. If it's a couple inches the other way. It's just an own goal. So that's one, the, um, who was at Rashford was inches from being offside. He wasn't offside. They ruled, but like there are ways that that game could have gone the other direction, but Liverpool did not deserve to only lose by one goal. It was just a terrible. Well, Liverpool they should have lost did. by another one. Cause in the 93rd minute, uh, I, I forget the guy who had it. Uh, oh. United almost, almost made a three one in the 93rd minute. And there was another one earlier in the game that United almost scored as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it really it really could have easily been. I mean, it could have been a 4-3 game. You know, it could have been um, – there could have been a lot more scoring. But it also could have been a 5-0 defeat for Liverpool. So In Liverpool's defense, though, they did they did press it pretty well at the end. Oh, yeah. The, from the 88th minute to, like, the 95th, there were a lot of, a lot of shots, a lot of chances to tie it up. Yeah. Um, but, well, in yeah. the last, like, maybe 10 or – probably 15 minutes of the first half that was Liverpool. That was like vintage Liverpool. They were playing very well at the very end of the first half and couldn't, couldn't get anything from it. But the crazy thing about all this is that Liverpool had 70% possession in that match. Mm -hmm. So you just see how 
you can, you can dominate possession like that. And even passes, passes were crazy in Liverpool's like they dominated possession, but not the good chances and not United cut right through us when they got the ball, they just cut right through. Well, along those lines then, because, um, it felt like one of the reasons uh, Liverpool had such high possession, uh, especially at the end of the first half, it felt like United was content to be up one nothing at the half. Mm. And it felt like they were almost playing uh, prevent defense or just, you know, kick the ball away, keep making them set up. We're fine. It felt like they were okay being up at halftime. That's what it felt like to me watching the first half. Mm. I mean, then they did go up 2-0, though, in the second half. So they were obviously still... still- working hard to get to I think they knew they had to get more than one goal right against Liverpool Liverpool often scores one two I mean this was it's a jarring stat but this was the seventh consecutive league game that Liverpool has gone down a goal they've conceded the first goal and this is the first of those that they've lost yeah so sick the last six league games Liverpool the opponent of Liverpool has scored the first goal and Liverpool's either come back to draw or win. So United knew that they needed more than one goal, but, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, that's such a worrying trend though, as a Liverpool fan, like you can't go down that much, like one or once or twice and you come back, that's fun. But when you're doing this as a pattern, it's something's fundamentally wrong. So I hope they figure it out. Yeah. And they do have quite a few injuries right now. The suspension to Nunez last week doesn't help. They, I don't want to hear any excuses, Nate. For being a title, for being a title (laughs) winning or contending squad, um, they're they're relatively thin. I hesitate to say it. Are they a title contending squad anymore? I think we can not anymore. Not anymore. I think we can uh, remove that uh, uh, nomenclature from their descriptors for now. I think I think they are still, but we'll save that. Well, let's let's look at the table. Um, and obviously it's a topsy turvy table, exactly kind of what you were saying earlier, Andrew, you don't understand what's going on. Well, as people who have followed the premier league for the last five years and probably many others, it is a very odd, uh, table right now. Uh, and I compared it to last year's table because I was curious because it felt like last year started a little odd. Also Arsenal lost their first three matches last year. Wolves lost their first three. Um, There were some other teams who were kind of towards the bottom. And I think actually, I think Manchester city was in seventh place after three games. So it was a, it was an odd, odd table last year at this time. But that being said, five of the big six clubs were still in the top seven after three weeks. And the other two teams filling it out were West Ham United, who, they finished, I think, eighth last season, and Everton, who barely escaped relegation. That those were the those were the seven. Uh, Everton was in the top six for for the start of last year. Yes. The only thing I know about Everton is how awful they are this year. So that surprises me so much. Well, they were awful last year too. But traditionally, I think they have the second longest streak in the top tier of uh, of 
English football. I could be wrong about that, but they've been in the like premier league or the premier league equivalent of English football for like 50 or 60 years and haven't been relegated. I think only Arsenal has been there longer. Have they ever won? I don't know if they've ever won. I was just about to say that. I don't think they've they've survived. They've survived. They're called Neverton for a reason, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) By the way, um, uh, I finally got a good answer of what it's like to be a Tottenham fan. Remember how? Yes. Uh, asking, you know, what what's the reputation for Tottenham? Somebody sent me a YouTube link to. You've seen the movie In Bruges. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a moment where they're looking at art <clears throat> in a museum, and they're looking at uh, uh, a portrait of Purgatory, and one's like, "Well," and uh, Colin uh, Farrell is saying to uh, uh, the other guy, Brendan uh, Gleeson. Yeah, that's right. Uh, father of Domhnall Gleeson. Um, he says, uh, yeah, you just sit there and you suffer. It's not quite hell, but, you know, it's not quite heaven. And he's like, you know, like Tottenham. And I was like, oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> that's and a good description. Here we are. They're still leading the ranks for my team so far. Love it. Uh, quick side note. Everton actually has won nine league titles. Not None since it's been called the Premier League, since it's been organized that way. But they've actually won nine titles. So then they are still Neverton. Most oh, recently, yeah. 1987. Oh, that's actually far more recent than I thought. Yeah. Well, comparing last year's table to this year's, there are only three of the big six clubs in the top six right now. And the teams that are filling the gap are, are out of the top seven. Leeds, Brighton, Newcastle, and Fulham. So Andy... Uh, those teams, well, one, obviously Fulham newly promoted, uh, Leeds barely escaped relegation last year at the beginning of last season, Newcastle was a laughing stock. I thought they would get relegated last year. Brighton has played well the last couple of seasons, but has traditionally been towards the bottom. So, uh, yes, it is an odd, odd season. Chelsea's in 12th, Manchester United's in 14th, Liverpool's in 16th. And then the three relegation teams, Wolves, Leicester City, and West Ham, those three teams have all been like top seven contenders for the last like three or four years, um, finishing in the top, but pushing for Europe. And so it is it is a bizarre start to the season. I still think, and that's what I was kind of hitting at, hinting at earlier. I do think that the cream will rise to the top. I do think Liverpool will still contend. Um, United, I don't know. I think there's there's deeper problems at United. Um, I think Chelsea will get back. Um, so that's that's my thoughts right now. Tim, I don't know if you feel any differently. I mean, I feel like those clubs will all be in Champions League contention. I think Liverpool is still in Champions League contention. But – what the last few years have shown us is like city will win, will get 90 some points and the title is just going to be so like if you drop some points here and there. Okay. But when you draw your first two games that are easily winnable and then you, and then you lose to, or you drop your first two uh, wins that are easily winnable and then lose to, I mean, two points through three matches is a really big, like to get to number one at the table at the end of the season, that feels almost impossible with how high the bar has been the last few years. Who knows though? I mean, like 
you know, City dropped points. We'll get to that. City dropped points yesterday. We'll see if that becomes a pattern. But, like, until it becomes a pattern, I'll assume that, you know, they're one point off of perfection at this point, or two points off of perfection. But remember how hard – remember last year how far Liverpool was back, and we were like, oh, City's running away with the league. And then, obviously, they still won, but – but Liverpool was able to close the gap and, you know, went to the last minutes. Yeah. Down to the last. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. There's just so much talent on these teams. And I think that's what we'll see over the course of the season. How does the the cream rise to the top? And I think these teams with all this talent, it's just hard for them to, to stay this, this low in the table. And I mean, Liverpool with these injuries is like, in, the injury situation is real um, that yeah. won't last forever, hopefully. But for some of those smaller, the smaller clubs who have thinner squads, like a couple of key injuries, there's no one else coming up behind and they're not going to be able to bring anyone in in January. So that's, I think, where a lot of the, the, the teams sink, the teams that are going to sink, sink in those circumstances. And we have and no then, idea what the World Cup's going to do. Like, yeah, for sure. You know, if there's injuries at the World Cup or players trying to save themselves for the World Cup, I, you know, we we just don't know what that's going to look like. So, uh, and that's never happened in a Premier League season before never. to have this interruption. So, yeah, it'll be weird. Yeah. The funny tweet I saw this morning was uh, that kind of shows the state of both Wolves and Liverpool. Was someone said. I was really, I would be really stoked or I, I'd wish that Wolves would only be one point behind Liverpool uh, to start the season. I just didn't (laughs) think this was going to be it. Yes, that's exactly right. Well, there is one top six team who seems to just be unstoppable right now. And that's Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal, another great, victory this week over Bournemouth pretty much what we expected um but they're just firing on all cylinders and Tim you tweeted out earlier Arsenal running away with the league just like we all predicted uh-huh. um, and obviously it's still too soon to say that but um I think those of us who did have high opinion of Arsenal I think this is this is the team that we thought could could be right? Adding Gabriel yeah. Jesus, uh, their younger players continuing to mature. Um, can they sustain it? I don't know, but, but this is what, this is kind of the best case scenario for Arsenal. Well, and it doesn't feel like a total fluke, right? I, I mean, I, I don't, I still don't see Arsenal winning the league necessarily. They're probably a couple years away from that. I would, I would imagine, but like, yeah. I, I just looked, I had him finishing third, you had him finishing fourth. And I think this start doesn't surprise us the way it would surprise others. But I think kind of, I think they're in good, they should feel good about Champions League. Like they continue this, they're, they're a Champions League cal- uh, caliber squad. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel, I feel exactly the same way. I think this is, and they're, they're really fun to watch right now. We'll I was just see about it. to say, on the plus side, even if they don't win, they're really fun. So because exactly. of the stupid rules of this podcast, I actually hope they don't win so I can maybe consider choosing them. <laughs> but, I think I might yeah, have said no, that early on. Watching Arsenal, so. Yeah, I think, I think I even said that early on when you said kind of the, the style of team you like is similar to how the Phoenix Suns have been built with yeah. a lot of wise 
uh, draft picks, getting some young guys in, seeing that youth gel at the right time, and then adding kind of a game-changing veteran. I mean, it's essential. Who was the veteran that they added? I'm sorry. Gabriel Jesus. Jesus, gotcha. So, and we'll get more. We'll get more into Arsenal later, but definitely needed to talk about them. And then the other really exciting match: uh, the three-three six-goal thriller, Newcastle and Manchester City. Uh, I we've been in a couple year long renovation project at our house. And so Sunday I was, uh, doing some, some work outside. Um, but my, so I had the game on and Titus was kind of watching and he would run out and just tell me like, it's, it's one, nothing city. He's like, I'm going to turn it off. Like they're just going to run away with it. <laughs> and Oh, it's one, one. Oh, it's two to one. one. <laughs> it's three to one. <laughs> and so, uh, what a match. Um, Newcastle again this is I think a little bit of what we've talked about Newcastle has had an infusion of money new owners they've added a lot of key pieces are they Manchester City's level probably not obviously they played to their level this week but um, it'll be interesting to see how real Newcastle is Yeah, I'm going to have to wait and find out if they're real until we choose them. We're, I, I, I have to choose a different team each week, right? And that's, uh, that, that's 20 weeks. What happens when we pass week 20? Then Do we'll I start. Choose after, a team? Yeah, no, after, after 20 weeks, we'll have you start refining it. And then we'll start really diving deeper into these clubs, giving them second looks, and Andrew. And um we'll get you start narrowing it down. And then for the final four, we'll probably bring on some, like some special guests to try and persuade you. Harry uh, Kane. Maybe if Tottenham's still around. Oh, maybe. they'll be around on my list. Anyway, they'll be on my list. I really like Tottenham still, even though they didn't look that amazing against your boys. They did not. Yeah. Um, we can, we can talk about that match. Uh, Wolves. Wolves, Tottenham, uh, Wolves can't score again, but they dominated the first half um, and looked really good. Uh, our new new signing, Nunez, got slotted in right away. Um, he looked great in the midfield. Guedes, our previously new signing in the front three, um, we had, I think, 12 shots in the first half and just couldn't just couldn't score and weren't really putting them on target either. So it wasn't like there was a threat, but, but from a possession standpoint and a excitement standpoint, definitely on the Wolves side. Um, and then at halftime, Antonio Conte definitely motivated the the Spurs and they came out firing right away. And yeah, um, obviously Spurs end up scoring on a, on a Harry Kane header, which it was a pretty shot. Nathan Collins, the defender who who what was supposed to be marking Kane, played a just brilliant game. He played such great defense all see, all all match, and so unfortunate that his one error of the game leads to the goal. But and that ultimately is the biggest problem with Wolves right now is without without a scoring threat, um, we're just one mistake away from losing. And so uh, we could dominate a game or play really well against the top. Like, I really think I pick Spurs at number three. They're a great club. Really so good. For Wolves to play as good as they did against them is great. 
So Wolves are then they are they then considered this year at least a uh, a defensive squad? No. So Wolves have made a huge shift. Their previous manager was ran a very defensive squad, what's called counterattacking. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sit, take the pressure, and wait for your moment to then break through and and score on the counter. It's kind of what Man- Manchester United did today in some ways, like allow the other team to have all the possession, but then wait to strike. So Wolves have traditionally played that way. Um, but this new manager who came in last year, he, he likes to play in a different formation. So it's basically taken him 12 months to kind of turn the team around to have the players he wants to be able to run the system he wants. And so theoretically, Wolves should be a lot more offensive this year. They're definitely more exciting. They just haven't been able to put the ball in the back of the net. So, and our, well, and our striker has been injured. So yeah. that, that plays a role. Whatever the possession discrepancy was in the first half, it ended up 50, 50 Tottenham looked two weeks in a row. Tottenham looked like absolute garbage in the first half and then made adjustments. Conte's I, does he not give a speech before the game? Does he just wait till halftime? I, I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why what happened there, but definitely there the chain the adjustments they made at halftime shifted the the nature of the match. And um, yeah, I really like uh, that son. Um, oh I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to say his first name. Son. Every time I get it wrong, it feels like maybe I'm being racially insensitive because uh, he's from Korea, but. Uh, I, I don't remember what his first name is, but he's really good. He's he is good. Really he hasn't good. he hasn't quite shown it this season yet, but he's had a couple of really, really good moments though. He does <clears throat> I have noticed several of his errors, and when he screws up, he screws up at the wrong time. But he's still so talented that he's able to shine when he needs to, and that guy impresses me. Yeah, no, he's one of the he's one of the best players in in the world. He's, he's he? great, and he's yeah. very likable. He is so likable. Once he like once he scores season. and you get some interviews, yeah, you you'll definitely want to take take time to to focus on him. He's he's just he's one of the best. Well, let's move on to knowing is half the battle, Andrew. Uh, you had we have two two things we're going to talk about this week. So, Andrew, why don't you start us off with your your question? I get yeah. My question is uh, so there's a transfer portal, a transfer window, a, a a thing where you're allowed to loan people, players, or sign players who are on different teams, or are they just free agents? And yes. also, when does it end? And when do we finalize rosters so that I know how good a team's going to be in the future? That's that's my question. Great, that's a great question. Uh, Tim, feel free to to chime in as well. So there's two transfer windows. One, the big one, is the summer transfer window. I suppose it starts in June at some point. I actually don't know exactly when it starts. But once the seasons are over um, and it runs through August 31st, this year all of the major European countries all have the same transfer window ending date last year it was off a little bit which made it really confusing but they're all at the same time this year so august 31st will be the last time a player can move between teams until january then january 1st through 31st is another transfer window it's usually smaller 
You might see a couple moves happen, typically not massive moves. Um, and if there are massive moves, it, there'll only be one or two of those. Um, and then, yeah, so August 31st at midnight, probably European, some European time. So three or four o'clock here. Greenwich Mean Time. If they, I don't know what they use, but whatever well, they I do, imagine use. they would in England. Well, in England they would, but I, but it's European, so I don't know if what. Yeah, I don't know what they use, but sometime mid afternoon here in Arizona. On, Are on there variations? <clears throat> so you know how? Excuse me, sorry. You know how in baseball, you have the trade deadline. Yes, and then you also have that sort of like two weeks of waiver sort of trades where you can wave a guy and everybody agrees not to sign him. And then yeah. somebody picks him up and then they agree to, is there something equivalent like that? No, no, it's pretty, it's a hard, it's a hard deadline. What can happen is there can be moves that can be agreed upon. Mm -hmm. So September 1st, you could agree on a move with a team and it could even get announced that come the transfer window, come January 1st, this person's leaving from here to here. So you'll start hearing that not so much in September, but November, December, you might start hearing that someone's moving um, this year. Who knows? It's going to be so weird because of the world cup in November, December. Uh, that's going to make for a completely unique, I think January, probably maybe more, maybe more action than, than normal because of injuries or I don't know, maybe less because I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, it's like also, to, Nate, um, I'd like to circle years. back to um, our, our fans, uh, new favorite segment. Uh, Andy corrects somebody's grammar. Um, we haven't done it in a couple of weeks. Uh, there's no such thing as completely unique. You're either unique or you're not unique. There's no such thing as completely <laughs> pregnant, but kind of pregnant. You know what I mean? You're either pregnant or you're not. You're either unique or you're not, Nate. So knowing is half the battle on grammar, too, pal. Thank you. Tim, well, there's a big there's a big something. difference there's a big difference between being dead and mostly dead right that's what you're trying to say yeah I, um well, sure you're either dead little or princess you're not. little princess bride shout out there, there we go. Um, he's only mostly dead sorry go ahead <laughs> the thing with the transfer window in the world cup i just want to say is like i know that there's been a pattern um usually the world cup is from what mid-june to mid-july and mm -hmm. then the european seasons start mid-august and generally, following a World Cup, there are massive moves for players who've had a really good World Cup that often they're overvalued, right? Because they just had a really good performance with their national team. And so it'll be interesting. That'll be really interesting to watch this time. So with the midseason transfer or the, the January transfer window, that's generally so much smaller, less significant following the buzz of a World Cup. If somebody has a phenomenal World Cup for Brazil or for France or whoever gets everybody's attention. And there's a club that's like hanging back, but want to make a run for Europe or something like that. You could see some big price tags. I'd imagine that's for players that maybe haven't, haven't warranted it. So we're saying it's going to be a completely unique situation this January. Partially, mostly, unique. mostly unique, partially mostly unique, unique. <laughs> relatively unique compared to other circumstances. Yes. Gotcha. The other half of knowing is half the battle this week is we're going to talk about Carabao Cup. Andrew, have you ever heard of the Carabao Cup? 
Not not until about uh, five minutes ago, b- before we started recording, and you said those two words in that order for the first time. <laughs> so we're not going to dive into the entire, the entirety of all the different cups. That's we don't have time for that. We will release the information as they come. But Andrew, this is something that can be quite confusing for uh, following Premier League, but. While the Premier League season is happening, there are also alternative competitions that are happening at the same time that have no bearing on the standings, but are nonetheless significant to greater and lesser degrees. And one of those is called the Carabao Cup. And the Carabao Cup is the the English league cup and essentially what it is, is all the teams from the top four tiers. So all 92 teams of the top four tiers of English football play in a massive single elimination tournament to determine the winner of the Carabao cup. So but it also, it kind it, it's not like they're putting a massive 92-person bracket like March Madness or something. Each kind of quality of league or team enters at different rounds. So in the first round, there's 70 teams that play. So it's the League, league 2 and League 1 plus... 22 of the championship teams play. Not all all the championship teams. Two teams get left out of the first round. So all those teams play each other. Then in the second round, the two championship teams that weren't included get added. And 13, the bottom 13 Premier League teams get thrown in from the previous season's standings. So then all those teams get lumped in and that's where we're at right now is that's round two. Yes. You have a question already. So this starts next week. Well, it already started. So we, Oh, because so, we're watching premiere. They're not in yet. Got it. Yes. Now so that's okay, why we're follow up question. Yes. I think I finally got it right this time. This is what occurred in Ted Lasso season two, when they won those matches in a row and then lost to city. I think that one is the FA Cup. Oh, that was the FA Cup. You're right. It was the FA Cup. The FA Cup will start later. And when Uh that starts, we'll circle back around and I'll explain the FA Cup. Are these effectively just friendlies? They don't have any relevance on the Premier League standings? They have no relevance on the Premier League standings, but they have great historical significance. and, And some people and some clubs like really care. I think the bigger... Premier League clubs don't care as much. They're the ones who win it every year, but they've got bigger competitions that they're worried about. And so they don't always care as much about this, but for a, for one of these lower league clubs, it can be really exciting for them. So, so round two, you have the 13 Premier League clubs advance. Those matches are all taking place tomorrow and Wednesday. And then after all those winners are determined in the third round, the final seven premier league teams will be added 
that'll leave us with 32 teams. And then at that point, it's just a natural bracket down to the championship. How does this affect scheduling of Premier League games? That when- is... That that's is my, a I guess great that's question. Just have the battle question. Yeah, it's a, it is the most natural question to ask coming out of this because it does. So often, what will happen is a game will get moved to an alternative day because there's a a cup match that gets scheduled. So yes, so as the season progresses, matches will get moved. And you generally, you generally have one on that really quick on the schedule. You generally have like, if a, if a club plays on Saturday, they could play on Tuesday, but like if a club plays on Sunday, they wouldn't be playing on Tuesday. They'd probably be playing Wednesday. So okay, they do, so they you space can play them two, that way. You can play two games in a week. Yeah. Three or four. I mean, three really? sometimes. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. So wolves particular. So, so wolves played on Saturday and I'm certain part of and I haven't really looked at the this schedule, but probably most of the teams that played on Saturday in the Premier League are playing tom- tomorrow in Carabao Cup. And then the Sunday matches, those teams, I bet, are playing on Wednesday. Okay. And then, so... <clears throat> and pro- I, bet, I bet if we look at... I haven't really looked closely, but I bet if we look at the calendar, I bet almost every team playing in Carabao Cup this week plays on Sunday, this upcoming week. Okay. So just for the record for the, this is, I guess the third more, you know, question in a typical premier league season for premier league standings only, everybody just plays each other twice. So that's 38 30, games, correct? 38 matches. Yep. Okay. That's right. So you can play as little as 40 matches. So if wolves, wolves play Preston North end tomorrow, if they lose that match and then they lose in the FA cup, then they're out of both of their cup competitions. And then they have just the premier league. It's as few as 38 matches or as 40 matches, by what the way, I say, I as, as, as much as, as few, as few as, 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 few, as, as, few, as, few as, or as much as not as little as. Okay. Stop correcting me. Uh, we can, we can start a grammar neophytes and you can have me on as your neophyte. I'll be happy to endure it. Oh man, that'd be amazing. We'd I'd all need... enjoy every minute of that. Oh, I, I would know. enjoy every minute of that. You and Tim would have a blast. <laughs> Tim, anything else about Carabao Cup that we should? Um... I mean, we should we should mention the defending champions. The defending cup holders are Liverpool. That's but yeah, true. it's it's the less it's the less prestigious cup of the two domestic cups. That's FA true. Cup FA Cup is a is a more prestigious cup. Yeah. Why is it more prestigious? I think the history longer history. I'm sure I'm sure the purse is bigger, the 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 money involved is bigger. Um and I'm sure someone who's not a neophyte could tell you even more. The other thing I would add about the Carabao Cup that I think is just interesting from a strategic standpoint is you do see a lot of the Premier League clubs and the bigger clubs will start weaker lineups often in these matches. They'll let more of their bench players start because they're trying to give some of their younger guys some playing time. Almost almost to the letter, clubs will start their backup keeper in all cup matches. 
almost every Premier League team will start their backup keeper. So Sarkic, Wolves backup keeper, it's almost like guaranteed he'll start. So so that's also an interesting strategy because you've got to figure out like which players do I want to keep fresh, which players need some game time. We still want to win this match, but how bad do we want to win this match? So it's a, it's a, it's interesting strategically. Especially once you get start getting matched up with teams that are more comparable to you in talent, like it is a chess, it's a chess match in terms of how strong your starting 11 is. Yeah. Cause if you're playing uh so what's right beneath the championship league? League one. So if you're playing league one, you'll play all your reserves to start because if you can't beat them with your reserves, then you shouldn't. I got it. You have no chance anyway. Got it. Yeah. But even even last year, Liverpool went to the final against Chelsea and um, still our backup keeper started that final and finished that final and won that final. And it was kind of at that point, by by that point in the tournament, it's kind of like this might be time to bring in your your regular keeper. But Klopp showed faith in him and, and that worked, but it's kind of like, yeah, the later you get in the tournament, the more of the regular guys you start seeing. Has a, uh, I, I imagine because it happens every year and it's been going on for a while. I imagine a tier one or a tier two team has won the Carabelle cup before. That's a great question, but probably not, not recently. I Got think it. the disparity between the leagues is too great. So well, they can now, sneak into the they can sneak into this? the later rounds, but yeah, I don't know that they would they could actually win. I'd have to do a little research to see when the last time a, a non Premier League team won the the Carabao I was going to say a Championship League hasn't a team hasn't uh, won it recently. At they all? probably have, but probably not recently. Well, I mean, because I guess I'm just doing the math in my head. If a team can get promoted from Championship and make it all the way to sixth or seventh. And clearly they have a shot at the Carabao Cup, right? So here, here's the answer. West Ham beat Arsenal in 1980. And, and that was the last ago? time a team from out from out the last time a team from outside of the top division won it. No kidding. Oh no, sorry, that's that's F, that's FA Cup. Oh. And that's the more prestigious of the two, so they probably tried. I don't know when the last care about. But yeah, it's it's rare. Got it, it is. It's rare. Yeah. Yeah. I think the bigger thing is it's one thing to do it once to beat a team like that once, but you have to do it kind of like four weeks in a row almost. So right. home and so away, like right? March Madness, the 15 seed might make it to the final four, but they're not winning the title. That's right. Yep. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Well, let's move on. We only had one red card this week. It was a very pedestrian. Kolobali uh, double yellow for Chelsea. No violent contact conduct, just a couple yellows. We almost saw another uh, double yellow today. I know Arsenal fans were hoping, uh, or not Arsenal, Liverpool fans were hoping. It should have been a double yellow. It, he should have gotten a second yellow. I was watching and I'm like, that's clearly a yellow card. And then they announced that he already had one. And I said, oh, I get it. The fix is in. This is... This is bullshit. The fix that was is clearly in. a yellow card. The fix is in. And Tim, you were. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I I thought I I thought he was skating very close to the to the line. 
No, no, he went over the line. Are you being a homer? No, it's his the, team. What's the opposite of? A oh, homer? oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It was uh, it was uh, United who who committed it. Who should have gotten it? Yeah, they absolutely should have got given him two. Let's move on to American Watch. Uh, the Americans had a great weekend. Not all of them, but Leeds United states of America had a great weekend. Uh, Brendan Aronson with just a great, I mean, not a great goal from like an aesthetic point of view, but just what a, it's what you see your strikers, you see your forwards do on occasion. They press the keeper and for, for him to just take it away, Mendy dicking around in the back and gets caught and uh, Aronson just dribbles it in. I mean, it's just such great play for an American to do it. Um, and did you guys know history was made with that goal? He oh, yeah. The first American, I mean, it makes sense because there's not a lot of this, but the first American to score a goal under an American manager in Premier League history. So I guess it's not only his um, piece of history. It's also Jesse Marsh's piece of history. But, I mean, happy days, happy days for the U.S. Um, Tyler Adams played great in defense. He was a brick wall back there for United. Um, just exciting times. I I didn't realize, like, I, I have high hopes for, for U.S.'s men's national team because um, we do have a lot of really good young players. We have so many Americans playing at high levels across, um, across Europe. And, you know, it wasn't until I went on that Wolves Academy trip and was talking with one of the guys uh, from Wolves. I made, we were talking about Wolves in England being in the same group. And he kind of laughed and was like, America's not getting out of the group stage. And, I just forget at how still how how poorly the the world views American soccer and so and I it's understandable historically but it is fun to see the boys playing well at the highest level. For for our listeners I would like to point out that um you were also really high on Wolves and they're currently sitting at uh, in 18th place with one point. So uh I'm I'm going to hold off on believing you for the time being. Just because, um, I mean, early on, my my faith in you as our as the leader, as the captain of the ship, is uh, in your ability to predict things. Between wolves and your and your uh, best bet, uh, you your bookies coming for you. I um I I'm not exactly following your lead on 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 predictions. Hey, listen, Andrew, it's a yes. long season. It's Mister so Andrew, sir. By the I way. am. I am. <laughs> I'm confident and I'm just, we've got 35 match weeks left. I'm very, I'm fine. I'm not too worried. Yeah. At this rate, they could probably get another eight points out of it. Mm. The one problem piece still seems to be Christian Pulisic. Although I, I did see, and I didn't do the math. I should have done the math, but at one point there was, what did they say? Whatever three, whatever three of, 20 out of 22 is so 12% or 15, 14% or 15% of the players on the pitch in that Leeds Chelsea match were American. So that was also very exciting, but, uh, 
Chelsea have to figure out what to do with Pulisic because he's not playing much and he needs to be playing before the World Cup. His name was bandied about in the transfer window, right? Yeah, it's still there's still some rumors, but I haven't seen anything concrete. You wait, who was hope were you hoping he was gonna go to United or was that Chris? Chris. I would yeah. never hope for that <laughs> to be cast on any human. Well, I mean, uh, I guess my thought was you were hoping he'd go to United and actually get a play because everybody in the United stinks, but apparently that's not true anymore. Well, it's still After maybe today. true, but I, w- I do want him to get some playing time. So if that means United, as gross as that is, eh, I'd actually probably still rather him ride the pine. <laughs> he's, he's rumored with Newcastle too, which would be a little weird just with New Newcastle's ownership and stuff. But um, – how cool would it be if Leeds could make a move for him? Oh. If Leeds could sign it, I mean, what what a PR move for Leeds. It would be amazing. Because it's an American manager? American manager and what, two American players? How two many other American players. players. Yeah. yeah. In is a World there, Cup year to bring him in? Oh, my goodness. Is there a team in the Premier League that has a reputation for being decidedly un-American? That is to say, like, oh, we don't want that American on our team. Do you know what I mean? Is that something that exists? I don't know, but that would be fun. It probably a, does. I don't know who it would be, though. That's a great question. Like, I'll be I'll be dead and cold in my grave before I sign a Yank type of thing, you know? <laughs> I love it. I want to know the answer. That. It's funny because it almost feels like that would be Chelsea. But it Chelsea's does feel the team like he plays for. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's not playing at all. That's true. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring up a couple uh, pieces of hair. I know that's not right. There's some hair, hair I saw this. Oh, oh hey, there. hair piece. Um, <laughs> there's some hair watch I wanted to bring up. So the first is Ryan Ain't Nori. I've seen Ryan Ain't Nori play for years now. He's been on Wolves. But as I was watching the match today, I was like, if I wasn't a Wolves fan, I think I would comment about how much I love Ryan Aitnuri's hair. And so uh, is it good or not? Am I like uh, my girlfriend thinks it's incredible. Um, she watches the matches with me um, because she comments on everybody's hair. And we were watching that match and she because obviously Tottenham was on and, you know, they were playing Wolves and I'm watching Tottenham. And uh, she pointed him out. She's like, see, he knows what he's doing. So apparently it is good. All right. Yeah. Who am I, who am I to argue with that? Yeah. You know who she doesn't like? One of my favorite people, Rich Arlison. Mm. He's got a very tamped down mullet almost. Like, you know, it's really shaved thin, but it's like a mohawk, but it goes too far down the back of his neck and it's bleached. And she hates him. I'm like, no, sweetheart, watch him. He's he's very talented. And she's like, I don't want to look at his face ever again because she doesn't like the way his head looks with that hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge Richard. I'm not a huge Richarlison fan, nor am I a fan of his hair. So I've kind of brought the two full together. Okay. We do have kind of an ongoing list of like guys we don't like. Kyle Walker is one of them from, from Manchester city. So I think, I think Rich Arlison might, might be a starter on that team for me. She also doesn't like the way, uh, uh, Holland, Holland, oh, Holland. Yeah. He, she doesn't like his hair. She doesn't like his face. She doesn't like anything about him. I'm like, yeah, but he's really, really good. And she's uh, like, yeah. I, I don't want to look at him at all. 
And I'm like, okay. She said he looked like one of the uh, cavemen from the Geico commercials. <laughs> and while that is potentially borderline offensive, I agree. So, yeah, it's problematic. Gentlemen, what goals? Tell me about a goal. What goals were the best of the weekend? That trippier free kick was fantastic. Yeah, I th- I thought there were two amazing free kicks over the weekend. Trippier's was remarkable, putting it up in that left-hand corner. And, and probably better than Madison's. Madison's was the other free kick that was really nice. But Madison's probably was more of a fault of the wall not being in the right place. The fact that he had a gap to work it around the wall and into the, the right-hand right corner. Um, but, but those two free kicks really stood out to me. Free kick is just so hard to get right. You just see so many that come so close that don't result in goals, right? But yep. once it just seems impossible to score a goal on a free. I mean, if you're if you're the opposing team, you're really scared when there's a free kick from a good position like that. But it just feels like almost every time it's either going to glance off somebody's head, it's going to go over the bar, it's going to you know go wide. Kristen Erickson. So when it goes, when it, exactly. Yeah. He had that one today that was just beautiful, but it was beautiful. Safe, right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, Allison just, he dove full stretch, got a fingertip on it. Yeah. So, but yeah. So when you see, when you see somebody make one, it's like Leo Messi is the king at that. But when you see Trippier make one like that, that's something, to, something to be old. I agree that both of those kicks were incredible and I think they're better than the kick I'm going to, or the, the goal that I'm going to suggest, but I really loved Saliba's goal uh, when Arsenal went up three, nothing because it was two shots on goal, two rebounds that Arsenal uh, like maintained. And then the ball just kind of bounced off somebody and fell right to Saliba. And there was a look on his face, like almost like, are you frigging kidding me? And he just like reared back and just killed it. And it was, I don't know why it was just kind of like the most smooth motion and also just, he, he looked like he was stunned that he had the opportunity. It felt like somebody rolled in the ball in practice and he just fired. And that's why I liked it so much. Cause it, it just seemed like a fun, it, it was wide open. It was like a perfect lane. It was almost like he, it's like when you have a wide open three and you're Steph Curry and you look around, like you're seriously not even going to throw anybody at me. And then, you almost miss it because it feels like there's pressure now, you know, but it, it, yeah, it looked like a practice kick and he killed it. And it was just, uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah. That was a great goal. Well, gentlemen, part of the reason FanDuel should sponsor us is because if people listen to our bets, FanDuel <laughs> would have been lost of money. Yeah. Guys, we went, we went over five over the weekend. Yeah, we did. Uh, I, it takes talent to be that bad. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. Um, wait, which, which, um, which bet do you think is most surprising? And I'm only asking because I'm positive it's me. Um, because I, uh, again, I, I, I I said that the Chelsea pick was a layup and they got killed three nil. So yeah, that's absolutely it. Yeah. Do yeah. any of you guys have any, any, um, uh, like, do you guys even want to try for second place? Because I thought mine was the easiest bet in the world. 
No, I think, I think definitely it's yours. The only comment I was going to make is that there were 10 minutes during the, the Brentford uh, Fulham match that in my, I was already preparing my gloating argument for you and Andrew, cause you had mocked me so hard for picking a draw. And I said, this Fulham Brentford match is the most, I could not imagine another outcome. And the so draw, draw in the world. The I, draw think. Yeah, yeah, draw, yeah. I think was my phrase. And so when they were, yeah. when they were drawn for a period of about 10 minutes, I was ecstatic, but obviously it didn't work out. So uh, this week I, I have lost all three of my bets. I'm negative 300. And so I'm trying to be a bit more conservative this week. And so I am taking Arsenal over Fulham at minus 320. That uh, that would net me 31.25. It would not get me close to back to even, but I just am looking for a win right now. So uh, Tim, who are you going with? Like I've, I could not have been more conservative thus far in the season. <laughs> I have picked the easiest, the layup bet every week, and I've lost all three, right? I mean, because yep. draws count as a loss. So I'm just continuing. The The gains would be minuscule if Liverpool beats Bournemouth, if Liverpool beats Bournemouth, but that's my bet. $10.53 is the payout. Mm. I need lunch money. You need lunch so that, money. that would put you at about negative two ninety then, instead of <laughs> negative three hundred. Baby steps, baby steps, Andrew. You got to grind it out, baby. Grind it out. Got to grind like it winner, out. I feel like the winner of um of best bet at the end of the season is going to be the only guy who isn't in the negative. I there's a very good <laughs> chance, which should tell us a lot about whether or not we should be gambling at all. Oh, yes, I've never been on sports in my life ever. Because I watch sports and I realize that literally anything can happen on any given <laughs> Sunday, Saturday, Friday, whenever. It's for me, betting on sports is the most foolish thing in the world. Brought to you by FanDuel. Um, but Andy, who are you going with this week? Our sponsorship. You might have to cut that if we're if we're uh, if the contract's almost signed. Um, I'm I'm actually taking a reach. Wait, is it a reach? Yeah. Uh, is mine a reach? I'm taking leads over. Um, uh, they're the away. Who, I forget who they're playing. Who are they playing? Brighton. Yeah. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm chasing that high. Uh, Leeds just beat the ever living hell out of Chelsea. And, oh, I don't know. It's a good payout. It pays out three hundred, right? Yeah, it's plus three hundred. Kyle also. I just want to clarify, leads. by the way, I am still the only one in the positive. I am positive twenty two dollars. Yep, that's right. Yeah. You are the only one in the positive. All right. Kyle so is also taking yeah. Kyle is also taking leads at plus 300 and then Chris who's at a concert tonight, he is taking Newcastle over Wolves. Uh that is plus 170. So, it hurts my heart, but I I actually don't blame him. Do you think he did it out of spite? No, I actually think it's it's a pretty good bet to get plus 170 out of that. That's not that's not too bad. Wolves what are at home, so that, that matters. Yeah. Do you know what concert he went to? Yeah, Sublime and Incubus. Is that who it was? That's it. Is it, is it 1998? What year is it? Feels like it. Feels like <laughs> it. We're old though, so that's that's like our our music. Well, 
as I was thinking through matches of the week to watch, it's so bizarre because there's kind of no, no good traditional matchups, but we have two matchups of teams in the top seven. And those are Brighton and Leeds, Brighton in fifth, Leeds in third, and Arsenal plays Fulham, who is in seventh. And so uh, I do think those are interesting matches because they will tell us, they'll tell us some interesting things about these teams and how good they are. Uh, Fulham has obviously played some teams really well this season, a couple draws and a victory. Um, and Arsenal is dominated. So I think we'll see if Fulham's any good, to be honest. Um, and then Brighton leads kind of similarly, neither one expected those teams to be in the top six right now. And so I think we'll get an idea if one of them can stay in there or not. So, so interesting. God, I hope it's leads. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Well, Andrew, who are you going to focus on this weekend? I figure it's uh it's about time that I focused on the best team in uh, in the league as of right now. So we're gonna watch uh, Arsenal. Love it, Tim. Uh, you are gonna give us. Uh, we have a special guest who is going to. I've recorded a little audio message for you, Andrew, from a special guest for uh, players to watch. But Tim's gonna break down some things about Arsenal for you to know. Yeah. Um, so I know Andrew, you've already mentioned Arsenal. I know you've watched them a little bit or at least familiar with them. So, um, I won't go into a ton of detail, but, um, they're the Gunners. That's their nickname. They're from North London. So their rival is Tottenham They play together in the, uh, North London Derby. They're one of the traditional big clubs. No one can um, see this right now, but Andrew just did a Macaulay Culkin, like surprise <laughs> look. Um, he doesn't I'm know what to do. On- so okay, just in case it hasn't been clear on every single episode so far, <laughs> my number one team that I'm starting to lean towards is Tottenham. So this is gonna be this is is this one gonna tug at my heartstrings? Uh, yeah, it should. Oh man, I it didn't is, know that until Tim just said it. If you choose yeah. one of those teams, you will you'll be obliged. You to will be obliged. The other one. Oh yes. man, hold on. Okay, <laughs> for traditional soccer fans. How long am I allowed to hem and haw between the two? Because it, you, as a Red Sox fan, if I found somebody out, somebody was like, oh, man, I really like both of them. <laughs> Do you understand? I would call them the biggest phony poser, whatever. Um, but well, you, you, know, you take the because, entire season, but right. then later when you tell the story, you tell a very different story. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna no one's like, gonna oh, go I'm back and listen to Kane, It was love at first bitch. sight. Yeah, <laughs> remember when I said that nice thing about Sun? I don't. Um, I don't know. So, oh, I'm Harry so Kane. Right who's now. that? I'm yeah. sorry. So, Harry yeah, Kane. Who's that? Um. Yeah. So yes, you'll have to you'll have to decide, and you'll have to decide which one you're gonna love and which one you're gonna hate. But um. So this is one of the traditional big clubs. Um, their their high point was back in 2003, 2004, I think it was, when they were – it was the Invincibles team. They went the entire season without a loss. So they had some draws in there. But it's I think it's the only time in Premier League history. I don't know if it's happened top flight any time before that, but it's a really rare thing. Okay. Um, I have a, a, a funny anecdote about Arsenal. So it was beginning of the 2016 season. I was visiting a friend in Portland and we went to Beulah land, which is the Arsenal bar in Portland. 
And um, so we're watching the game and Arsenal was having this frustrating first game of the season. And the owner was like kind of on a stool fixing one of the TVs that wasn't working right. And someone for Arsenal did something frustrating and he's like, come on, fourth place isn't going to win itself. And so my buddy who is there, who's an Arsenal fan was like, that is the most Arsenal fan thing to say, because like, and he was saying, going back however long, it just feels like every year we're in fourth. And so this is like the first game of the season. He's overreacting, you know, by a, a, a bad run of play or whatever, saying like, we've got to get to fourth. We don't have much higher aspirations than that. But I looked it up and like, they, at that point, they had been on a run of 10 seasons, finishing either third or fourth. So Shut very up. consistently good. No and then be- And so before, so basically running all the way back 20 years, um, they were in Champions League almost all of that time until the last, what, Nate, four or five years. They've been finishing fifth, sixth, then a couple of eighth finishes. So they've really been in disarray the last few seasons, but are now building back really strong. And so like last season, they got off to a terrible start. They lost the first three games and then roared back and finished fifth, which was like, a tremendous accomplishment for them. So it's a really young squad. There's the future's bright, they're building, but they've come out of some kind of rocky times. Um, hey, Nate, why am I being drawn to Tottenham and Arsenal when they both remind me of the Phoenix Suns? Every, <laughs> just so much. It's do I, should I go see a therapist? This is terrible. Maybe. Oh, but one, one other thing I'll say about him before we then get to uh, the special guest who's going to tell you about some of the players is the manager, Arteta, was Pep Guardiola's sidekick at City. So in City, is kind of this, the top-notch team winning all these titles. He was the sidekick. And so when Arsenal was kind of in some trouble, they hire this guy who's supposed to be very similar to Pep, has learned all of Pep's strategies, and he's had mixed success up until now, but really seems to be getting it right at this point. So, but that's kind of his pedigree. He's Spanish like Pep, and they were buddies. So. And he also he also played for Arsenal. Too. He did. Yeah. Was he? He might have been on the Invincibles squad. I think he might have been. Yeah. If I remember correctly. How long has he been the manager? Three year. Is this his third year? Three or four seasons, I would say, somewhere in there. Got it. He kind of came in during some of the mayhem and the disarray and has had some ups and downs during that time. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm excited to watch it. All right. Well, there's a special guest. My son, Titus, chose Arsenal after our first season. So even you can tell his enthusiasm is a little tampered because I think as he was recording this, unbeknownst to me, he had 102 fever. But nevertheless, he was excited to share, Andrew, with you some people to look out for. What's up? Um, if you're looking to be an Arsenal fan, I recommend you looking at either Gabriel Jesus, Saka, Emmett Smith-Rowe, um, young guys like that on their team. Um, it's a really fun team to watch, and I think you'll enjoy them. Who's their keeper? Oh, yeah, their keeper, Ramsdale. He's super young and super good. I think you should. I recommend you. Um, looking an eye out for him too. So, bye. Bye. Okay, great guest. So guy. good. So good. So here's the problem, Nate. Now I feel like I should bring my sons on 
but we might lose our PG thirteen rating because they they're they're much older than your son and they uh, they have mouths like sailors. We we lost our PG thirteen rating seasons ago, so oh, okay. I think <laughs> I think we'll be fine. All right. Well, gentlemen, if that is is all, that's all I've got for us. I have one really really quick fact check. Mikel Arteta was playing in Scotland when the when Arsenal were invincibles. He joined them. Eight years after that. That makes sense. He's pretty So we were way off. Even when Missed I said it, by it I, that much. I was thinking <laughs> he's too young probably to have been on those squads. I mean, he was playing, but he just wasn't with them. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Soccer Neophytes. Uh, please rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, all the places that you can get podcasts. And you can visit our website soccerneofights.com if you want to see cumulatively how much money we have lost this season in <laughs> fan duels best bet <laughs> I don't know if glazers are going to go out but uh they might stay in know. now they might stay in after today's win but yeah well the stadium it, did we talk yeah there was every it was full it was <laughs> totally full. full chris called it chris knows All right, Chris, we missed you. Good night, gentlemen. Night. See you later.